0: Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. How have you guys been? Um, I told you that I was feeling down a little bit last week and I started feeling better. And then I got this cold. And you know, sometimes when you feel sick, you actually start to feel a little bit sad again. And I came across this quote, which I love that I wanted to share with you. And it said, when you're in a dark place, you sometimes tend to think you've been buried. Perhaps you've been planted. So bloom. And I really love this because whatever I've gone through in my life, I look back and I know and I can see that it was never in vain. The, the pain I've been through and the pain that we all go through, it shapes us. It shapes us into the people that we become. And if there's one thing that I had to pinpoint that's common as a consistent theme in all the people that I've interviewed, it's pain. And the experiences that they've been through that helped give them the empathy and gave them the passion to want to do something about this pain that they experienced and they want to make a difference in the lives of other people because they've been through that. So maybe the things that seem to be taking us off track are really directing us to playing a bigger role. And if you're feeling sad, maybe this is coming up because you're uncovering something or looking at something that's going on with you, that really is a key. It's going to help you unlock how you're going to lead people in an even deeper way. And I think that the trick sometimes is realizing that by being yourself and leaning into how you feel and leaning into the parts that feel scary or sad or things that you want to be shaming about yourself and instead, bringing that into the sunlight, you're probably going to open doors in which you can have such an impact that you have underestimated. And it really is there for you to help inspire other people. So I feel you when you're feeling down, you're not alone. Um, But maybe we've been given this in a way as a gift to help other people through the storm. I just wanted to say thank you because so many of you have rallied and come to me and let me know that you are so excited for the opportunity to be a Dream Ambassador, helping me to get this message across to so many people, to remind them that each one of us was put here to find more fulfillment and more purpose. And I want to see more people lighting up the world and letting their colors shine and adding beautiful work that's their work to do to the tapestry that is our world community. So um, those of you who are not yet a Dream Ambassador, I just want to remind you what this program is about so that you may um, consider joining it. So first off, it's completely free. And right away when you join, we will give you access to a private Facebook group where I am showing up once a month to do some coaching and to read you excerpts from the book and to sort of bring you into the process of whatever's going on behind the scenes of the podcast and of the book launch and everything else. And you also, get to then connect with these like-minded souls all around the world who are very supportive and very much want to make an impact in the world. And then what we're doing is every single month, we are coming up with these missions and the more you participate, the more rewards you get. So let me tell you what some of those rewards are. So every month, you're going to get two different coaching calls. One of them will be with me on Zoom video, which is a chat. We'll be discussing different topics. So we just gave everyone the first initiative, which is due July 29th. And that coaching call will be helping you figure out and get clarity around what you really want to do and what that offer to the world really is. And then there'll always be a second coaching as well with a guest expert. So the first one we're doing is a workshop session with Sahara Rose, who's an incredible podcaster. She also wrote a book on Ayurveda and she has a huge Instagram following. We'll be talking to her about how to grow a huge audience that's engaged and connected. And then there's other rewards as well, like different swag that we're giving away. There might be a mug. There might be a Don't Keep her Day Job hoodie. We're also doing things where we are giving like $100 in merchandise to some of our favorite guests to their products like Bobby Brown or Emily McDowell or Brian Januski, who's a potter. So there's lots of different rewards. And basically, the more you participate, the more rewards you get. So the big initiative for this month is that we asked everyone to create a book club. And we said, go and list your friends and being part of the Don't Keep Your Day Job book club and ask your friends to pre-order the book. And between now and November, you could actually begin this book club by listening to episodes of the podcast and discussing the podcast. And then when the book comes out, you guys can meet up in person or over Zoom video or whatever you want. And you can be discussing chapters of the book. In fact, the book, book really lends itself nicely to being in a book club because at the end of every chapter, there's questions that you can answer and journal prompts and stuff like that. So a lot of people are already doing it. I want to give a shout out to Morgan Piper. Um, She's at lil underscore mo underscore peeps on Instagram. And she said, I already got seven people to join me in my book club. So way to go, Morgan. And I also want to give a shout out to Amanda. She said, I love the book club idea. And I already got four of my friends to pre-order the book and subscribe to the podcast. They're all passing it on to other people to join too. They're so pumped for this. I can't wait guys, thank you so much. That's so, so awesome. I mean, essentially what we're doing is we are wanting to make an impact, right? Thousands and thousands of people have written letters about how this show has inspired them to start their Etsy store or write the screenplay or begin making those cheesecakes. And it's really beautiful to see people around the world waking up from this like long sleep where they haven't really been living according to their soul and and living life on their terms and seeing them starting to play and starting to ideate and take steps forward is really amazing. And so I love knowing that we're going to come together and the Dream Ambassadors are really helping me to make an impact in the world. And you truly will help change lives by bringing people in to this message and to this work. So if you're already telling people to to listen to the show anyway, um, and you want to be a part of a community that's going to come together and support you, and you want to cash in on these gifts, then come on over because it's free to be a part of this. And I think that you're absolutely going to love it. There's a link in the show notes. There's a link in my Instagram bio. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Okay. So today I want to share a coaching that I did recently, um, where we're going to talk about this whole notion of story selling and why your story is so, so important to your business, because that is the thing that people are really resonating with. And that's what makes you stand out from the crowd. There's all this anxiety around the idea of marketing and selling, but when you know the story you're telling through your content, you're going to find this can actually be quite easy and a lot of fun and really meaningful. I'm going to share a lot of examples and insights in here that I think will really be helpful for you. So without further ado, Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I'm just going to touch on a few things about story selling, so how's that sound? Good? Okay, so one of my favorite people I mean, you're going to hear me repeat certain human beings because I go to them for a lot of wisdom. But um, Seth Godin is famous for talking about how we don't really need to sell anything, right? What we do is we tell a really good story, and then people tell that story to their friends. That's it. So really great marketing has to do with adding value to the world. That's what marketing is, right? Marketing and sales are different and marketing. Most people think that there's it's sales. And so what most people do is they never do marketing. They just do sales. They're like, Hey, you want to buy my product? Let me tell you more about my product. And what do we understand? I posted this on Instagram a few weeks ago that the greatest brands and the greatest business leaders they want so much more to understand you than they want you to understand their product, right? So whenever you, you hear people pitching and explaining and telling you about what they're doing, they're already a little bit off, right? So the next thing we understand from Seth Godin is that our job is not only to provide value and to set that up. That's really what I want you to walk away with. I want you to walk away with a plan of how to give value consistently to your community because everything will grow from that. So one of the things that he teaches us is that the other thing we need to really plan out, just like we need to figure out who we're selling to, because it's really hard to make the dress for someone if we don't know her size. It's really difficult to buy someone a gift if we don't know what they like. This is the whole idea of really knowing who we're talking to. And I understand that it starts to get like, it's exhausting, but these are the questions. We have to fall in love with the process. You know, by the way, everything is process anyway. And I know that that is sometimes like, oh, it's so frustrating. Everybody wants a way around. Everybody wants a shortcut, a way, a way around sort of the work, but the work is the shortcut. And we can start to fall in love with, you know, getting to grow every single day and making those steps and changes in ourselves and and, and and putting something beautiful out in the world, even if it's affecting three people today or six people today, and knowing that we made a difference and, go, and saying to ourselves, grounding yourself with like, isn't that what I'm chasing anyway, is getting to do this work and interact with these people and really focusing on all of those things is so important. So the, the question of what is your story you're telling is another one of these big questions and we have to answer these questions. And the thing I want to remind you is no matter what you're going to do, Your life is going to also be work and it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. There's no other way. It's not like, okay, well, I can be an entrepreneur and build my dream, which is going to take, you know, growing pains and I'm going to have to be out of my comfort zone. Right. I look at everything like whatever we choose to do, whether we're building a business or we're in our marriage, trying to make that better, or we're working in our community, trying to improve it. It's like a spiritual obstacle course. It's like everything we're doing is designed to help us anyway, to just, this is the environment that we're now in to grow and to, to learn how to um, sort of break through uh, whatever's holding us back. And that sort of is the relationship and the dance that we can have with whatever scenario we're in. Does that make sense? So the next big question is storytelling. There's knowing your audience, right? And there's figuring out how to give them value. And then there's, what is the story you're telling? Because since the beginning of time, if you look at human beings, we learn through story. So when you think about how you've connected with things, and we, told, we talked before, and I'll continue to tell you that people don't buy things, they buy feelings, right? So the best way to evoke a feeling is to actually tell a story. I want to give you two quick examples of good stories from brands. And I want you to start to think about like, how you could tell your story, right? So, because sometimes people think, oh, my story has to be sad. Like if it's not sad or if it's not about a charity, no, you could just tell a story. So let me give you an example. So um, early on in the podcast, we had this woman on, her name is Christine Griffin Grimes. She's the founder and maker of something called French Girl Organics, and they're sold at Anthropology. It's like salves and lotions and perfumes. So I want to tell you the story of how, how this product came to be and what, what it is that she shares that actually moves the product. So it's called French girl organics. It's beautiful. So, um, when Christine was growing up, they were really poor and they lived on an oyster farm. And later on in her life, she and her husband got married. Um, they both played jazz instruments. They had to move around a lot in order to make ends meet. They had kids, they couldn't afford things. So they moved to different kinds of towns. They lived in the Midwest. Um, they were moving all over and making, making a living was not easy. You know, she was a teacher, he was playing jazz. And so one of the things that she would do just to save money was make her own lotions and salves and ointments and, and perfumes. She got into the habit of making everything. So she would just make a lot of things because they, they needed to do that. Also, she really loved plants and she was out by the, you know, the marshy lands and, and smelling things. And she really loved all of that stuff. But she also by necessity needed to be able to make it And and a little bit here and there, she would, like, sell her products at, like, a farmer's market, but nothing crazy. And then later on in her life, she finally, for the first time, visited France. But she was, like, in her, like, mid to late 30s, the first time she ever got to go. And everything inside of her, like, was sort of, like, vibrating. She felt so alive, like, being in France for the first time. And she realized it was because she's French, but she had never been to France. But her parents are Cajun French. Her parents grew up in New Orleans and their parents are from France. And so she she never put together like why she felt so connected to French music and why she was so happy, like crying, like as if it was like a homecoming being in France, but she just felt like she fit in. There was something about French women, French culture. It really spoke to her soul. And it's because she is French. She just never had gone there before. And it, it felt like everything made sense all of a sudden, why she loved this music, why she loved these kinds of things. And um, she saw this woman riding this bicycle in Paris. And, you know, she was just like a girl on a bike and she was sweaty and her hair was like all like messy, like pulled back in like a half ponytail. And she had this like crossbody bag. And she remembers standing there looking at this woman and thinking this woman was the most beautiful woman she'd ever seen. And she realized that it wasn't just that this woman was actually beautiful. It was who she was and how she was. And she felt walking through France, like all these women were so beautiful. And because of French culture, she felt it enhanced their beauty because in France, women are much more comfortable in their skin. Or so she felt, she felt like, you know, they don't always shave if they don't want to, they don't always wear bra if They don't want to sweating is not a big deal. They're not putting on tons of makeup. Like she felt like women were just like, unhinged like themselves. Like it was beautiful. And the way they spoke and the way they took up space and all of this stuff. And she was so attracted to everything France was. And one day she was in this in the south of France and she was walking in the middle of the evening, coming back from dinner with a couple of friends, and there was this jasmine like growing on this wall. And she, she had never smelled anything like that before. Just like complete, like whole body experience of jasmine. And she just stood at the wall and she like just hugged the wall and like took this breath. And she cried this cry, like from the deepest part of her soul about how she wanted to, she wanted to basically feel the feelings that she was feeling in France forever. And she wished she could bottle them up. And she wanted to awaken this woman who really was inside of her a whole life. This woman who was soft-spoken, this woman who didn't speak up, this woman who didn't feel beautiful, this woman who could just embrace being herself, like in her skin, sweaty, not sweaty, hair up, hair down, blown out, not all of these things. And the smell of this Jasmine, it like kind of awoken that sexual free wild spirit inside of her. And she stood there in that moment and she looked up at the moon and she's like, we've, they've never had money, right? Like it was always a struggle. And she didn't know how she'd ever afford to get back to France. Cause they had saved for this for years and they were really like pinching pennies. And, um, she looked up at the moon and she was like, I don't know where or how, but whatever I'm feeling right now, I want to bring this feeling into the world. I want to make this my work, this feeling. And so, she came back to the States and um, she's just started doing things. And one of the things that she had done for the last few years was knitting. So she created a company called French girl knits and she would like knit different shawls and different things. And she tried to weave the story in, but it wasn't quite connecting and it would like almost work. She'd like go to a couple fabric shops and she'd be able to sell her fabrics, but it didn't really make her a lot of money. And it didn't like really take off. It was like almost and then, it you know, sometimes these ideas, like they're so obvious to other people looking back at your story, but in the moment you, I mean, right now you guys are sitting on probably three ideas and it's hard to see them clearly. And it's so frustrating because you know, they're here somewhere. Right. So she wasn't working. And her husband said to her, why are you doing French girl knits? And she's like, well, you know, that's something I can make that people would probably pay money for. And I, I'm good at this, you know, and, um, And he said, but the thing you've always done for fun is you've made like these, like your own perfumes and salves and lotions. And he said, and isn't this, you know, the thing that awoken inside of you happened that night when you were smelling that Jasmine, why don't you recreate that and like bottle that up? And she said, she cried so hard because she realized like that was exactly what she should have done. And she had spent four years and she kind of didn't have the money to get back to France. And she was so frustrated. And she was like, okay, maybe that's what I should do. So she created French Girl Organics, which was the first thing she made was she tried to get that jasmine smell into a bottle. And her perfume, this jasmine, you know how most perfumes have a lot of things going on. And so it just feels like this, you can't quite figure out what's in it, right? Like Angel or I don't know, Chanel, like there's a lot of stuff going on and, and When you smell her jasmine, it's literally smells like it's just jasmine. There's nothing else in it. Like she's very pure. And I don't know how she gets the smell to be like that, but she's so good at this. And so she created this whole brand. Well, she started to sell the salves and the lotions. And funny enough, she went on to Etsy. This is where she started it. And she put her first three products on Etsy and they featured it. And the reason they featured it is because she told that whole story. I don't know if you remember, but on my show, I had this woman, Kruti Patel. She's like one of the executives at Etsy. And she said, it's all about the story. They don't want to push products. Like they also get it. Like they're Etsy. What do they want to do? They want to sell their story of like our stories about makers getting to, you know, make handmade things for other human beings and have honest transactions and make things from their hands. So they love stories. So they featured it. And it started to do really, really well right away, French Girl Organics. And then she wound up getting a call from Urban Outfitters if they could like ha- do like a, like a small run in their stores and see how it would do. And Urban Outfitters owns Anthropology. She got into Bloomingdale's. It just sort of grew and grew and grew. But along the way, this is what I want to share with you as well. So she had this beautiful story. And by the way, I want I love this story because like I said, sometimes people feel like, oh, if my, if my story is not about how someone died or it like oh, it's not a good story. It's like, no, like it doesn't need to be that. Like it could just be literally you celebrating the journey, you know? So what she started doing also along the way as things were like, she'd make a few sales and then this would happen. She started bringing groups of women to France and she created these trips, these like French girl trips. How fun is that? And she basically had her spots. So she'd take 10 women and she would bring them to like certain places in Paris and certain places in the South of France and like this, place, this cheese shop and this other place where she wanted them to like, you know, go horseback riding or wine tasting or whatever. She would plan out these whole trips and she did like 10 of those trips. And she said that was like the greatest gift ever. She got to go back to France and she got to take people through France through her eyes, right? Right. And then of course, like those trips had more photos and it just all sort of kept growing this product, right? Which was really not a product. It was not, she was not selling perfume. What was she selling to you? An experience, a feeling, the French woman's life, freedom, the feeling of being yourself. And so the more that she kept like diving deeper into the story and pulling out the pieces of the story, that's all it is. Like that's it. Like that's what she's selling. Um, So I think that's an incredible example of story selling. And I know so many of these stories, so we could go on and on and on. Um, But I just want to tell you one more story. So we just did this Dreamtopia event and um, we had K-Swiss as one of our sponsors. And do you guys remember the OG, like the K-Swiss shoes? They're like these white chunky sneakers they look like nurses shoes they're sort of like the back to school shoe from like the, the the early 80s um in any case so this guy barney waters who's president basically he was brought in to help save the company because it was like a sinking ship because they were not able to compete with nike and adidas and Skechers. they just weren't like they were sort of dying on the vine and they brought him in, like, you know, what can you do to, to revive it? Because he had worked in the, ad, in the advertising world with a lot of big brands for a long time. And so he came into the company and he was looking at their business model and he was looking at all these other brands. And he said, well, let's look at it. You know, Nike, what are they selling? Michael Jordan. You know, basically they're selling Michael Jordan at this point. But Nike is selling athletes. That's it. And Adidas is selling rap music right? So you go into Adidas, and it's like all these musicians, hip-hop artists, rap artists, and that's what they're selling, and they know their clientele, and they just keep leaning into that. So Barney comes along, and he's looking at, you know, what their competition is, and he's like, "Who who is K-Swiss, you know, representing? Who are the people? You know, you, it's not going to be the athletes, it's not going to be the musicians, you know, who is it? And he was taking a hard look at it, and he was really stuck. He was trying to figure out what they were going to do here, and he realized that He didn't want to sell people on being somebody else. He was like, you know, I feel like they're so far ahead of us down that road anyway. We'll never do it as smooth and as slick. But he had this idea. He was watching Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vee, and he was so inspired by this video. And he said on his own, without even asking his team, you know, he's just such a go-getter. He like went to Gary Vaynerchuk's website and he wrote this email, how would you like to have your own sneaker, right? To Gary Vaynerchuk. And he wrote back actually. And he was like, yeah, this is Gary. I got this through someone on my team. I'm totally down. Let's meet. So they decided they were going to meet and they made this sneaker with like blue lines and black lines and it represented clouds and dirt because Gary's all about like the macro like you got to reach but it's also about the dirt like you got to grind you got to hustle like you shouldn't be like so big for your britches that you don't know you have to put in the work so it's about pushing from both sides. So they created these shoes called clouds and dirt, and they sold like hotcakes, but the idea that Barney had was that K-Swiss was not going to be pushing you to be Michael Jordan or pushing you to be a, like a, a, this hip hop artist. That K-Swiss was all about pushing you to be yourself. That every time you put your sneakers on, it's about what you can deliver. It's about how high you can grow. It's about you being the best version of yourself and really sort of like the modern day entrepreneur. They just want to keep filling their wall. Like when you go to their, I went down to their warehouse. They've just got a wall now of like every shoe is is like a different entrepreneur. Every shoe is a different person, man, woman, this age, that age, doing something in this world. They have a shoe by this artist that they did a collaboration with. And so it's like pastel colors of like orange and red. They have another shoe that has like poetry written on the bottom of it by this woman who's a poet. It's amazing. So now they're back and he, every six months now, Gary's putting out a new shoe with them. And so he's pushing it. And so it's the most brilliant marketing ever. I love this story and it's, he's right. Like he tapped in, you know, if you want to compete with Michael Jordan, be yourself. Cause you can't like, where are you going after that? So he just took it a whole different way. He was like, cool, I won't even compete with you. I'm going to go somewhere else and they're doing great. So this is the idea of story selling. This is the idea of telling a story. So now when people buy K Swiss, they're not having to push them on, like, do you know what the fabric is made of? I don't care. No one cares. So I want you to sit down and I want you to think about what your story is. And you're going to at first be like, I don't know. I don't have a story. You'll find it. (laughs) You'll find it. And it might be that you know it so well that you don't realize that it's a story. You're like, I don't know. That's just the way I am, or that's just the way I think. Tell it to someone else. You know, your story is interesting more than you think it is. So story, story, story. You got to tell your story because that's what you're selling. And you have to remember, like, you're not going to tell people, like, just get rid of it. Like, you're not going to tell people about the details of what's in your product or the details about the experience. They've been to yoga retreats. They've already bought jewelry before. Tell them the story. So it's that. And it's also really understanding who they are right? And telling that story, when you tell the story, you're telling the story to hit the parts of them that you know you want to speak to, those pain points, right? So when she's telling a French girl organic story and she's telling that to women, she's going to really like heighten and sort of like make, underline the parts of the story where she's like, don't you want to feel beautiful in your own skin? Like, don't you want to love who you are? Even when you're sweaty, even when you don't have your hair blown out, like when you're just a girl riding a bike, like That is something that women need to hear. If you start to really look at the brands that are doing well, it's not like I sat by myself and made a product, sold it, and that was it. There's a lot of storytelling and there's a lot of content that goes in to telling the stories, right? So I want you to think about the story, and then I want you to start to think about all the ways that you can tell the story, and then maybe you want to create content around the story right? Like with French girl, she started making these like beautiful videos and they would like shoot them and then have them be in black and white, like a French film, right? With like beautiful music. And it would be videos of people, women telling their stories and they started putting those on their blog, right? And then they would take women on these trips. So it was this like three-dimensional multimedia experience. The same thing for cool House Ice Cream Sandwiches. Her story is amazing. I didn't even get there yet, but her story is all about like women founded, women led. That's actually a sticker on every single one of their ice cream sandwiches. They have an awesome story. When they first started, she Natasha was dating her wife, who at the time was, it was like a first or second date. And Natasha had been an architect. She was actually a Disney Imagineer and she was always bored. So like she needed to do extra stuff. So she started making these ice cream sandwiches that were like architecturally gorgeous. And she would give them different names and she would just bring them into the office. And she started dating her wife and her wife was like, how come you're not selling those? Like they are the coolest things anyone is. just like selling those. Why would I sell those? And her wife is like, you should just try it. Cause they're so cool. She's like, you know what we should do? Cause Coachella was coming up, which is like a big music festival in California. She's like, you should sell them at Coachella because it's like the kind of audience that I think would like love your ice cream sandwiches. Cause they're cool looking, they have cool names and people are like, they're, you know, so they've got the munchies. it's as hot as anything out there, ice cream sandwiches, like they will be a hit and they'll be unique. Cause like there's Yes, there's hot dogs and yes, there's sodas, but like sell something else. So she's like, all right, let's just go for it. They had no clue what they were doing. They like made a bunch of these and they're like, we don't have an ice cream truck. So they went on to Craigslist and they found an old beat up mail truck and they bought it. It was like 600 bucks. And they realized the reason it was 600 bucks is because it didn't drive. Like it actually didn't run. You couldn't turn it on and the door didn't open. So they basically just bought a mail truck that was like an ornament. Like it didn't do anything. So what did they do? They're so they're so cute and resourceful. They're like, well, we got to go to Coachella. Like the the event was like a week away. So they realized they didn't have the money to fix up this truck and who wanted to anyway? Like, well, who are they going to start like driving a truck around? So um, she realized that if you join AAA, you get one free tow, right? So they call AAA to like, uh, yeah. Can you tow my car to Coachella? And they're like, sure. So they towed it there, not knowing how the hell they'd get it home, but they knew they'd get a free tow. We're talking about like a hundred miles. They towed the car to Coachella, you know, sat it down in the middle of the dirt. They're like, thanks so much. The door didn't even open. It didn't matter. They stood next to the, next to this mail truck Um, with like a a big cooler and all they did was put a poster on the mail truck that said ice cream sandwiches and then they sold out of all the ice cream sandwiches and they had made on the way up to Coachella Natasha tells her girlfriend hey Freya you think I should like make some kind of like something like what if people want to follow up like yeah you should make a Twitter account or something like that they had no website nothing they made a Twitter account and then on their way home from the festival she's like, she's like, is this a joke? Like, did you, what are you doing? Like you told people, she's like, I didn't tell anyone. She's like, I have like 700 followers. (laughs) She's like, we just started. I don't know. She had like 25 DMs and basically overnight they decided this has to happen. And so they decided to get like a real ice cream truck. They started with three high-end artisanal ice cream trucks, which turned into 12 flagship stores, which turned into $11 million business. And she tells that story. That story is literally like everywhere. And then she started doing all of this content, which sort of impacted what they were selling. And what they're really selling now is not the story. They're selling this idea that they're women own and women led. And they're all into that. They're all into like women's empowerment. And so she started a podcast where she interviews now women business owners. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it is so fun It is actually so fun and it is so much more in your hands and in your control than you think. Like building a business is not about getting lucky or you have to like convince people or it's your job now to sell this thing. Like that doesn't work. That feels awkward. That's why you didn't want to do it for so long. It doesn't, it's not the way. But if you think about embracing this path where it's like, what's my story and what kind of content am I sharing and how am I getting the world wrapped up and like soaking up, this story and this content in many different ways, you can actually have fun. And now you're creative and now you're giving, and now you're making something. And now you're busy. You're not waiting for the phone to ring. You're busy making things. You're busy sharing the story. You're busy coming up with all different kinds of experiences that share this story. And guess what's happening? It's moving products. And that goes back to where we started. That is the Seth Godin. That's, that's how he creates business. That's what his marketing is all about. And from where I'm sitting, you can be yourself. You get paid to be yourself and you can be a person who's empathetic, who has a big heart, who has a huge story to tell, and you can create a whole business around that. Do you guys feel inspired now? So remember that the last couple stories I just told you about Natasha, right? Or about Christine, these two stories, one thing they also had in common is they like tried things. They just tried things before they knew that it was gonna be perfect. And that's a huge piece of this. Like where would the cool house ice cream sandwich story be if they didn't decide to just buy a broken down ice cream truck? Nowhere. In fact, I have a feeling that if more people bought broken down ice cream trucks, you know, whatever the equivalent is in your own work, there'd be more people writing about it. Because that was part of what they wrote about was this woman who just like took a chance on something and did something without it being perfect. And I think that was really the whole story. But being messy about things is so important. And so you got to get into action. You have to get into action. And remember, when Natasha went to Coachella she didn't know if she was gonna have six people buy the ice cream sandwiches or 16 people buy the ice cream sandwiches and it didn't matter, she was gonna do it anyway. Like we need to get the habits, we need to get in the practice of doing this. So very often when I meet successful entrepreneurs, they're really in it for the work. Like they want to do the thing. They're not only going to make the flan if they know 600 people are going to buy the flan. They're going to make the flan for their neighbor. They're going to make the flan for the people down the hall. They're going to make the flan for the store and they're going to walk in and sell them three cups. How many people are in your town? How many people live on your street? How many people live in your community? So many, like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And by the way, once you start that, then it grows, right? It just kind of grows on its own. You can start getting more resourceful and you can start to think about where your avatar lives and hangs out. That was part of the story, right? When it came to Natasha Case, her girlfriend was right. It was like, let's go to Coachella. Like, know your audience. Like, where's your audience? You know, like, who's going to spend $6 on an ice cream sandwich, You know, it's the people who are hungry for for munchies. You can't sell that ice cream sandwich the same way in other places. So we need to think about how we have to get started. And you're gonna stay overwhelmed and you're gonna stay confused if you're not in action because it's only in action that you start to gain clarity. We're on these journeys to try to get as close as possible to who we were meant to be in this world. And so when you really get that it puts everything in perspective. It's like, it's not really about any of this. It's about, it's like, that's the rite of passage. It's like, how much of me can I uncover? And how much can I actually show up in the world and do my work? Because here's the thing, no one else is going to do it. Like whatever is your work, no one else is going to do. Like for me with my podcast, when I first started it, even with my songwriting, which has very similar messages, there was so much of me that wanted to talk myself out of doing any of it. And It'd be so easy to think, oh, there's already people doing something so similar, just like it. They don't need it. They don't need it. But but it's 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 making a difference, you know, in the lives of people because it's my work and someone else is gonna do it slightly different, but it's not quite like me. There's a bigger mission here. There's so many people that need us, you know. There's seven and a half billion people on the planet. That's a lot of human beings to get to and to show up for. And so we can't leave it all to you know, famous people that they're going to do it because even th- those people, they're not going to do it in the same way that you can do it in your small community, right? When someone walks into your experience, when someone buys that thing from you, you could change their whole day. You can just make something beautiful for them. So to wait until you're done to start putting things out. It's going to be a lot less effective than like while you're inspired, you can even bring this learning that you're doing into your process. Like you can be sharing this with the, whoever is your customer and the different parts that the light you up and practicing it. And you'll just start to see, I promise you'll start to see tremendous momentum, but I'd love you to start to think about your story. What could you put in place if you weren't overthinking it? If you weren't scared, if you, if, if it didn't have to be perfect, what could you start doing to put all of this in play? Okay. So I hope that opened your eyes to how important your story is and how you can weave it into your business to make it stand out and really connect with your audience. Here are some takeaways. Number one, we don't buy things. We buy feelings and feelings are created by stories. Number two, celebrate the journey through your story because it matters. Number three, don't wait for the phone to ring. Get busy creating different kinds of experiences that share the story. Number four, you can get paid to be yourself. You can be a person who is empathetic, who has a big heart, who has a huge story to tell, and you can create a whole business around that. Number five, no one else is going to do your life's work. We need it. We need you. Okay, time to celebrate your wins. So Amanda DM'd me on Instagram and she said, Hi, Kathy, I started listening to Don't Keep Your Day Job back in December. And I wanted to tell you that you and this podcast have made a huge impact on my life. I started my business, Amco Art and Design, several years ago under a different name. I was mostly creating fan art and vector portraits and didn't really have a solid focus. Once I started listening to your podcast, I realized that I could combine the things I'm most passionate about to create something really unique. I've been an actor most of my life and have a huge passion for movies. I realized I should have been creating movie posters all along. Now I'm working with filmmakers in New York, LA, and locally on marketing materials, show Bibles, posters, and more. So this summer, I was able to leave a day job I hated, moved out of my parents' house and into an apartment with my partner, and I began working as an artist full-time with commissions taking me through the entire summer. I realized as an actor who had a ton of headshot sessions, I would be the perfect person to take headshots of other actors in our region, which has been going really well too. And just a few weeks ago, I was contacted by Hot Topic seemingly out of the blue, asking me to become a creative partner. Now I'm designing on a freelance basis for a major company and will be getting a percentage of all sales. A year ago, I would not have imagined in my wildest dreams that something like this was possible. And now I'm working from home. I'm in a position to audition more and be on film sets. I'm all around living a better, healthier, happier life. So thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your kindness with the world. I'm forever grateful. Amanda. Amanda, this is amazing and I can't believe how much you've done in just a few months. I love that you combine your passions and you let yourself align with where you could serve the world more and you're still able to do the other things that you love. I always say that just because you decide to take one direction, you don't have to leave the other parts of yourself behind and I think it's such a great example of how all of this can come into play. You guys, go give Amanda some love. You can find her on Instagram at Amanda Lee Corbett, and her website is amcoart.com and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like why I ask you guys to come along with me on this journey and become a dream ambassador because people like Amanda are waiting for somebody else to tap them on the shoulder and give them the permission to go ahead and do more about what they love. And I think this podcast gives them that motivation, but also all the different ideas that come to people because they're hearing these messages on all the episodes really helps them see it as a possibility and gives them the tools to take action. So when you become a dream ambassador, it's not just about you. Um, helping me. It's really about us coming together to help other people to do this. So here's another win from Elise. And she has a similar story. She DM me on Instagram and she said, Hi, Kathy. Hello from Australia. I want to thank you for what your podcast has done for me. Almost two years ago, a dream came alive in my mind on how to use my creative talents. I just had to follow through. Two months later, I came across your podcast. I can proudly say my Etsy shop which was a side hustle has now been open for over five months with over 60 sales. I'm so overwhelmed and proud of this. Please check out Minky and Friends Toy Patterns on Etsy. M-I-N-K-Y and Friends Toy Patterns. On a personal level, I suffer from anxiety with a heavy dose of fear of change. Today, I am traveling alone in a new city for my nine to five job and I had a complete anxious meltdown. I got to my hotel and I couldn't pull together. I decided to put your podcast on and I found such calm and inner encouragement for my anxious self. The perfect episode, How to Make Fear Your Friend with Mira Lee Patel was on. Thanks, Kathy. Your encouragement is life-changing. At least this means so much to me. Thank you for sharing this and being so open about your anxiety. We all have these dark moments, but it's so inspiring to hear that you're able to pull yourself through that. And I'm so touched that the podcast is part of what's helped you. I'm so impressed by how well your Etsy shop is doing. And I have no doubt that you're going to keep growing it even more. So everyone go check out her Etsy store. It's called Minky and Friends. It's super cute. You guys are going to love it. So one last reminder, the Dream Ambassador opportunity is here. It is free to join. You are going to be given so many rewards from coachings and trainings and swag and opportunities to have VIP days with me and so much more. All that we're asking is that you guys come on and be a part of this. At the very least, if you don't even do a single thing about it for free, you can join us and then get in on these monthly calls. If you go ahead and want to participate and go ahead and accept these challenges and these missions and start to... To share about the podcast and share about the book, you will be rewarded in such incredible ways. You will love it. There's a link in the show notes. There's a link at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. There's a link in my Instagram bio. Go ahead and join us. So at the very least, you get in on these monthly calls and you just might start to meet other like-minded people and you just might get rewarded by being given coaching sessions and creating a book club for you and a few friends, which could be such an amazing way to usher in 2020 because you started ahead of time, really getting together and talking about what you really want to do and ideating on it. And it could be groundbreaking what it could do for you, what it could do for the people that you bring together. You might wind up being the catalyst that helps somebody else to change their life. So I would love to see you being an ambassador. I'd love to start to get to know you better in these trainings and coachings we're doing. It's going to be so great. We've already begun. So come on over and join us. Also, we're always happy to hear your wins so we can celebrate them. You can DM me at kathy.heller on Instagram or post about it in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group or share it in the ambassador group. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. If you love this episode or any episode for that matter, take a second right now and share it with someone. Share it with someone who you think could really use this. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you the song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday.